Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. It is Season 3, it's Episode 5. We're back with the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. And if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram. Now, it was a little bit quiet on the Western Front. Uh, we had the FIBA break, which means no Perth Wildcats basketball. Uh, we also have, of course, the FIBA World Cup getting ready to be played. So there um, there was there were games uh, that were being played on the East Coast and, of course, in Adelaide and New Zealand probably as well. But uh, the Perth Glory, they had a bye and then they'll have another two to three weeks off. Uh, of course, that coincides with the FIBA World Cup. Uh, but otherwise, the, and the also the Perth Thundersticks, they had a buy as well. And But we will come back to them because uh, it is coming finals time for them and we have some great news to share with you. But without further ado, let's uh, head to the pitch and let's t- talk all things the Western Warriors. And WA after a long wait, 23 years of wait, have won the Sheffield Shield and that's what it means. With Sean Marsh, the veteran, in the middle of all of that, they've produced Australian player after Australian player. But this domestic season, they are kings across all formats. Yeah, well done, Western Australia. As you said, Adam, they've been the best team in Australia this year. They've won all three trophies. Just before we dive into uh, everything that happened in their Marsh-Sheffield Shield match, we're going to have a quick little update on Josh Villafee's form in the one-day arena because he's leading the runs for the competition. Uh, He scored a tonne. 250s, and he's amassed 291 runs at a strike rate of 101, with 37 not out being his lowest score. He's in absolutely ludicrous form, and uh, there is no doubt that high honours are coming his way in due course. Now, on the bowling side, and known as the wild thing, Lance Morris, he's now taken 47 wickets in just 16 first-class matches, and in fact, uh, that was... He got his uh, he got his 50 mark. He raised the bat, or I guess he raised the ball uh, over the weekend, and will come to him in due course. And he's got those 47 wickets at an average of 26.6. Is really beginning to hit his straps and bowling with more control, whilst not sacrificing any of that searing pace. Now, to the matter of hand and to the game of hand, they played their next Sheffield Shield clash up against South Australia that began on Friday and finished actually yesterday at the Wacker. It was meant to finish today. So, how did it all play out? Now, they actually didn't get their first wicket after bowling first until 77 runs had been scored, and they had South Australia at 5 for 180 before securing three wickets over two overs to have them 6, 7, and then 8 for 278 on day two. It was a huge bowling effort from Matt Kelly with 5 for 34, 27 overs at 1.26 economy rate. Just, he's an economical guru. And the wild thing, Lance Morris, he's continuing his rapid rise. He got 4 for 93. So in their first innings, they responded to South Australia's 299 to be, listen to this, 1 for 308. Cam Bancroft got 135. And player of the match was Sam Whiteman with 193. Before they had a little mini collapse of 7 for 105 across day 2, eventually being bowled out for 444. Uh, They had a lead of 145 runs with a day and a final session still to play out. They ended up bowling them out for 117 in the second dig and therefore winning by an innings and 28 runs. An absolute trouncing 
a domination and making yet another statement have and did the Western Warriors. Courtesy mainly of 4 for 23 at yet another terrific economy rate of 1.92. And of course, we're talking about none other than Matt Kelly. And back at it again, his uh, partner in crime, you'd probably call it Lance Morris. He got three for 52. But you sort of have to mention Aaron Hardy's five overs. They went for only five runs at an economy rate of one. So they just bowled supremely well. Terrific. Uh, This now puts them in a commanding position at the top of the table with 24.52 points, uh, 6.34 clean points clear of Queensland, and they actually have won three of their four games. And if we're talking about who they're going to be playing next, let's just quickly look ahead to the schedule, who the next game is. And they actually will be playing a one-day game on Wednesday the 16th up against South Australia. Uh, it has, It is at the Wacker, and it starts at 10 a.m. So hopefully they can continue their unbeaten run, but uh, they don't want to count their, count their eggs too soon. And hopefully they can just keep that form, keep bowling well, staying very disciplined, and hopefully Josh Phillippe can once again be in the runs because he is, as I said, mounting a very, very big case uh, for higher honours uh, to wear the green and gold for Australia. Australia, it's just a matter of time as far as I'm concerned. But the Warriors, they couldn't be going any better. They are absolutely rolling. They are the team to beat as of now. Things can change, of course. Injuries, form, uh, call-ups to the Australian team. But as of now... They're rocking, they're rolling. Uh, they'll have a couple more matches until the Big Bash uh, is is here, which is going to be here in just over a month. So it is uh, certainly upon us, and they'll have a bit of a mini break off from the Sheffield Shield and the Marsh One Day Cup. But we're going to leave, we're still going to stay on the pitch. We're going to leave the Western Warriors, the men's, and let's talk a bit of women's and talk a bit of Scorchers women. Handed shot, squirts out to the offside. It is celebration time for the Perth Scorchers because the captain, the first overseas captain to lead their team to a win and is the first win in the WBBL for the Perth Scorchers. They finished on top. There is just so much to recap here because they had another hectic schedule of so many games in not many days. But uh, just before we get into the outcomes of the games, I want to have a bit of an acknowledgement to Scorchers Original foundation member and a lot of people call her the spiritual leader of the team in Chloe Paparo because she reached 100 games in their contest up against Sydney on Sunday just yesterday and we'll break that down in due course well done Chloe Paparo you are a star and to get 100 games that is no mean feat at all and as I said original and foundation member so one of the OGs of the Perth Scorchers now after losing to the strikers in the second lilac hill match they actually couldn't get back on the winning track on Wednesday they succumbed to yet another contender in Adelaide uh, not being able to chase down the 153 only getting to 8 for 120 Marizan Cap and Alana, and Alana King they got two wickets apiece with an economy rate of 6.25 and six respectively. Maddie Green's knock of 58 was the only highlight from a batting perspective from that match as they had six players get out in single digits and they just could not build momentum at all throughout the innings and to start the chase they actually lost openers Sophie Devine and Beth Mooney during the power play. Now their next two games looking ahead they were at City Power Centre in Victoria. Um, They were actually on Saturday and Sunday 
and another opportunity to get back in the winner's circle, which they certainly needed to. Before we get to those games, let's talk and acknowledge a couple of little milestones. As Marazan Cap during the during the first game on Saturday, she actually reached 1,000 WBBL runs, whilst Dynamo Beth Mooney she hit 4,000 runs in their latest match. And speaking of, well, they started with a bang in Victoria as they hit the home stretch of their season, whacking the Renegades for 192. Only, only losing four wickets along the way. And in a ruthless manner, they absolutely dismantled them on the bowling side of it all, routing them for 88 with two overs to spare. It was the biggest win in WBBL history, and it was the highest WBBL total posted at the St. Kilda venue. Uh, Marizan Capsules, the star performed with 68 of 34, including 12 boundaries. But you have to also throw in Beth Mooney's 90 of 55 off 58 just superb now they start off well getting to 47 without loss and then the match winning partnership of 123 came when maddie green departed and then to cap and mooney on the bowling side of things it was a spread of wickets as well with six players getting wickets but the pick of them had to be piper cleary's two for six of two overs with a three economy rate and the lana kings two for 18 with a 4.5 economy economy rate it was clinical and certainly a statement to the rest of the competition to say we're back and don't write us off just yet or at least that's what they had hoped but once again it was one step forward and two steps back or is it more so a missed opportunity and a win that they left out there on the pitch after succumbing to a final ball loss up against the Sixers? beth mooney beth mooney who got 75 not out from 51 and marizan cap who almost did a carbon copy the day before. She got 68 off 37. She helped Perth reach, well, they both helped Perth reach 176 in a total you thought would just be too much, even for the deep batting roster of Sydney. But it was the Healy-Perry, as in uh, Alyssa Healy and Elise-Perry combination, who came to the crease at one for four. It couldn't be broken for a 154-run stand that sealed the game in the end. Yet in the penultimate over, Sophie Devine could have had the ton maker Alyssa Healy out twice, with Alana King dropping her in a diving catch attempt in front of the boundary rope. Now I know they're hard catches, but these are professionals, and that's what they're paid to do. And another chance falling just shy of Tanil Peschel. Piper Cleary and Alana King got tapped big time with 13 and 10.33 economy rates from their four and three overs respectively. The Sixers, none for 29 in their power surge. It just took the game back off the scorches after really they had managed to slightly wrestle some momentum from them and the run rate reached 12 or 13 and over, which is a lot to ask for with still 10 overs to play. And as a result of the loss, uh, they actually rest for six days before their next test in five days' time well, sorry, they actually rest for five days now. It was six days yesterday uh, before playing Melbourne Stars. Excuse me. And whilst they sit fourth, they're on equal wins with third and fifth place Hobart and Adelaide respectively. They've actually played two more games in third place and one more game in the fifth place. So it's a, you know, it's kind of the false economy kind of, kind of conversation. So it really was a huge game that they let slip yesterday in the big scheme of things to try to stay in that mix and that hunt for a top two spot. Uh, they, of course, have some more games coming up. Let's just quickly find out who they're going to be playing next. 
So go to good old flash score. So the next game is actually going to be up against the Melbourne Stars. And that's going to be at 7.40 on a Saturday morning. So they've got that as their next game. And then they'll play the Melbourne Renegades after that 7.15 start. Uh, of course, all of these are Western Standard Time. Uh, so yes, they've got... It's pretty much must win those those last two... Well, I think they're their last two games. Don't quote me on it, but I'll follow up with that. But they must win. They've got to get it done. Get the job done. Get the chocolates. And hopefully some other results can go your way. You can have some losses from either Adelaide, uh, Brisbane, or, of course, the Sydney Sixers, and see what happens from there. It looks like they're probably going to be making finals because the rest of the competition seems to be a bit of a gap between the top four and then the rest. Um, but yes, it certainly was one that got away from them and one that they will be absolutely kicking themselves. But hey, good teams win those ones and find a way they just couldn't this time. All right, we're going to leave the pitch and let's make our way to the ballpark. And of course, when I say ballpark, let's talk all things Perth Heat. It's a bit more important than someone's base hit. And here's a swing here for Glenn Denning. This one is back. And Robbie Glenn Denning swings away. It's a two-run shot. And the Perth Heat scoot ahead 2-0. Firstly, how exciting is it to have Perth Heat and baseball back in Perth, but also just back on the map. The ABL is ready to rock and roll. It started last weekend, and we're all the better for it. So let's just go back to game one of the series. They lost it in a close one, 4-5. to five. And then in the first game of the doubleheader on Saturday, they bounced back and they were victorious 5-0. So 5-zip. So now it was one all. Uh, before coming out and making an early statement to the competition, because i tell you what, they walked away with a 13-0 win. That is insane. Talk about some serious batting power. That made them and put them forward 2-1 in this series up against Adelaide. And just quickly recapping the 13-0 victory, Captain Tim Kennelly, who returned home from Japan after playing for Tim, Team Australia, he hit a big three-run bomb. And then Alex Hall and superstar signing Josh Reddick also knocked in runs and scored multiple of them in the second, uh, where they got two, and uh, the fifth, where they got five runs, and in the eighth innings, where they got four. But on the pitching side of things, it was ex-giant Gunnar Kynes, who had six shutout innings, registering five strikeouts in an impressive first-up dis display. And I tell you what, do you have to make mention, of course, of uh, a shot of the series had to go to Tampa Bay's Junior Caminero, because whose moon moonshot cleared the shed over the center field fence. Now, after all of that, of course, as you heard, they were up 2-1 going into the final game, which was on Sunday. So it came down to that. It was either going to be a 2-0 draw, or they were maybe able to steal with a 3-1 win. And what seemed very much unlikely, unlikely, they actually came back from three runs down in the first to take game four, 10-4, and move 3-1 for the season, and 3-1 in the series. Alex Hall, he had a day out with a bat. He going three and four with three RBIs and a pair of doubles. Whilst World Series winners Pete Kozma and Josh Reddick also had two RBIs each. 
Warwick so followed through four solid innings before the Heat bullpen stood tall to restrict the Giants to just one more run across the ensuing five innings. With Junior William and Connor Higgins both regularly hitting 98 miles per hour with their fastball, the win capped off a really impressive opening series for the team, who bounced back from a narrow 5-4 in the opener, of course, and you know the rest of it from there. The Heat now travel to Melbourne for round two showdown with 2021 champions Melbourne Aces in a championship rematch. So what a terrific start to the season for them. They couldn't have asked for a better way to get their season, you know, off, of course. And, you know, as as you just heard, they're going to be making their way to Melbourne, which is going to be a great test for them. Uh, they sit equal second on the ladder because uh, they're 3-1 and one, uh, sort of very similar to the Brisbane Bandits. They're also 3-1 and one, and Canberra. Uh, they're sitting top of the ladder. Uh, they they won their first series 4-0 and up against Sydney. And Melbourne, they're not too far behind the Perth Heat. Uh, they actually had uh, their sitting fourth. So it's going to be a very, very good test for them come this weekend to see where they truly stand. And of course, it was a championship rematch from a couple of years ago uh, before they had the break. So great start for the Perth Heat. Well done to all those fans that came out, cheered on the Perth Heat, and cheered on the fact that baseball's back in Australia, but more importantly, importantly, back in Perth and back at the Empire Ballpark. All right, we're going to leave the ballpark for now, and let's uh, talk a little bit of Perth Thundersticks. White's there in the thick of it, as is Frusha. Now the drag flick, in for the goal. Perth with a first. Harry Somerville with a trademark, brings it in. Perth the other way, crossing in. Good ball. Wickham's there. Let's okay, go so let's just give everyone a bit of a recap. So both teams are finals bound. Men and women, after results went the men's way, which is fantastic, so the men get to live to fight another day. The women, they finished the round-robin fixtures equal second on 20 points, and the men, they finished third on 17 points. Melbourne beating the Tassie Tigers was the luck that the men needed to allow them to advance. For even though they started off the campaign in impressive fashion, they dropped a bit at the end, and in a short competition, you just can't afford to do that. Uh, the women, they will face New South Wales pride in their clash on Saturday, whilst the men will take on Canberra Chill. Both of those clashes are second up against third. And this is how it works. Very, very simple. The winners on Saturday will progress through to the grand final on Sunday, and the losing sides will face off in a third v fourth clash. So no second chances. Uh, it's do or die. Win and you go through. Lose and you're just battling for third spot. So... It's all to play for. They've got themselves in the mix, the men. Uh, the women, they sort of earned their right, really. Um, they could sort of kick their heels up over the weekend. It was just a matter of who they were going to play. But the men, they had a little bit of luck come their way, which is uh, good news for them and a great result for WA hockey in general. So we wait to see how that all plays out. And hopefully next week, we're touching base with you, either having, well, it's a bit greedy, but having both of them as winners or at least one being the uh, hockey one champions of either men or or women, but we'll leave for the th- for the thundersticks and let's hit the hard court. And I'm talking about a bit of basketball, not the men variety. We're not talking about wildcats. Uh, you're having a bit of a break, and you too are chilling, cooling your heels off, and cooling your jets. I guess you'd probably call it. And let's talk a bit of Perth Lynx. Avery on the crossover, the step back, and there's the three lighting it up in her first game on Australian soil. The Perth Lynx timeout call. Adelaide need to have a chat about this. 
10 to 2 links. Down. Didn't miss one in practice in the warm up, as I was watching earlier. Couldn't drain it. 10 point Perth lead. What about the fine? Mabry in to Scherf for the basket. Suffice to say, it was not the way that the Perth links wanted to start this season. So they simply needed to get on the board, get a win, and they got it in a convincing fashion up against UC Capitals 97 to 62, having a biggest lead of 38. Uh, with 29 points coming from the bench. So they spread the load. I like it. The win came on the back of terrific offensive outputs from both Sammy Whitcomb and Amy Outwell, combining for 25 of the team's 27 points in a hot start to the opening term. Uh, they did sh shoot supremely well from the field at 51.8%. They had 32 assists and 43 made field goals. But equally, on the defensive end, they forced the Spirit into 16 turnovers that turned into 25 points from turnovers. Amy Outwell, she top-scored with 21 points on 10 of 13 from the field, uh, which actually ended up making the NBL Team of the Week on the back of it. So congratulations to you, Amy, on that one. Chloe Bibby, she had 20 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists, and 2 steals. And Sammy Whitcomb, she had 16 points. And whilst it's not big on points, Lauren Scherf, she still filled up the stat sheet in different ways. She had 10 assists, 9 rebounds, 3 blocks, and 2 steals. So she is that classic all-rounder. And for the most part, she's a walking double-double. And hey, she almost got it, but a different kind of double-double. Got the 10 assists, got the double digits there, and was just one rebound short short of getting a different kind of double double so they're now sitting one and two and by god they needed that win uh, they next will face the sydney flames on wednesday at 6 30 and that's at the bendat basketball center so make sure ladies and gentlemen basketball fans that you get down support our perth links and hopefully they can start to build a bit of momentum as the season of course begins so very very early still a lot to play out and of course they're finding their way with the new players that are coming in i'm sure coach ryan petrick uh, is trying to get his team working trying to get them to gel together and you know find out the spots that everyone prefers shooting uh, of course all of your defensive sets that you need to talk but all, of course all of your offensive sets too but Trying times, uh, growing pains, but I know they'll get there and hopefully they'll get there and keep that momentum building and it starts again with the Sydney Flames on Wednesday at 6.30pm Western Standard Time at the Bendat Basketball Centre. But we'll leave the links for now. All right, we are at the end of yet another episode. That was it. We're done. That was Season 3, Episode 5, the WA Domestic Sports Weekly Wrap. Uh, we still had a lot to cover. The Western Warriors, they are the trendsetters, the gold standard of the Marsh-Sheffield Shield and One Day Cup at the moment. Uh, the Scorchers women, they are in a very, very precarious position at the moment. They need to win the next two games just to keep those finals hopes alive. The Perth Heat could not have started any better their ABL season. Thundersticks got the results that they needed without playing. Uh, so they'll be making their way to the finals, uh, which of course is on the weekend in Bendigo. And the Perth Lynx, they got a much needed and deserved win on the weekend to restart their season. So whilst it was a little bit quiet on the rest of Western front, from what we normally have, there were still a number of teams that were hitting the pitch, the park, 
and of course everything in between. And we look forward to welcoming the Wildcats back. Their next game is going to be on Thursday uh, up against South East Melbourne Phoenix. Only recently they lost it to them by one point. So hopefully they can turn that result around and get a win going their way at that time. So we'll leave it there. It was terrific. And ladies and gentlemen, once again, whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege having you on board. Don't forget to spread the word. But uh, as always, we'll be touching base with all of our WA domestic teams on the domestic sporting scene. And from out of that, yours truly, I'm out for now. <laughs>